class is going to teach you how to conquer your fears. I'm going to teach you how to awaken the snake within you. Points or no points, you're dead meat. Dead meat. <laughs> it's Cobra Kai. No mercy! What then? Shall we go on sinning if the grace may increase? No mercy! Keep looking at it. Finish him! Are you sure you're ready? Because once you go down this path, there's no turning back. You're going to be my karate teacher? No. I'm going to be your sensei. You're listening to Give Sin a Body Bag, a podcast about offensive sanctification. Orientation, part two. Are you ready to take things to the next level? Johnny Lawrence, Cobra Kai, season one, episode four. All right, fall in. We're going to start today's class by covering some basic terms and concepts for some of you who don't have a lot of training under your white belts. So buckle in, listen up. Here we go. We're going to go quick. We're going to start by talking about sanctification because, frankly, this whole thing is about sanctification. So let's just do a a quick flyover of what we mean by sanctification. The scriptures speak of our salvation, our being saved, in three tenses, past, present, and future. You've been saved, you're being saved, and ultimately you will be saved. The past is what we call justification, the present, sanctification, and the future, glorification. Justification, then, describes God's declaring us righteous with the righteousness of Christ, by His grace through our faith in His Son. If you've truly believed in Jesus, your sin and guilt have been removed and God does not see them any longer, but rather He sees Christ's righteousness in you. That's the past tense. The future tense, glorification, describes God's final removal of all residual sin when we enter His presence at the end. Now, both of these aspects, the past and the future, are acts of God, meaning that God alone does them and that they are instantaneous and not drawn-out processes. Just like you've either turned on a light switch or you haven't, one cannot be partly justified, the Roman doctrine of justification notwithstanding, and one can never be partly glorified, the Roman doctrine of purgatory notwithstanding. The present tense, however, is a different story. Sanctification, our slowly becoming more and more like Jesus in our daily lives, is not an act of God, but a work of God. Now, all heathen religion is an attempt to sanctify oneself apart from Christ, but apart from Him, we can only add to our sin. Only God can sanctify us, and while He is the one doing the effective work, He also calls us to take part in it with Him. Our involvement in sanctification is like the dad whose five-year-old son, quote, helps him with a building project. The kid's helping slows the project down considerably and makes it more complicated and far less efficient than it needs to be, but ultimately it's good for the son and for the father-son relationship. In a sense, this is how our Heavenly Father helps us understand and embrace who we really are, like we talked about last week now that we've been readopted by our true father. Adoption. Well, I guess it's just Hawk. Daryl, Cobra Kai, Season 1, Episode 10. As I've already mentioned, and will say again, we can't be justified, sanctified, or glorified if we haven't put our faith in Christ and become his sons. You could fight your inner passions brutally, intensely, and tirelessly, and yet still be completely in bondage to them if Christ hasn't set you free. 
It's kind of the equivalent of the guy trying to learn knife disarms from random YouTube videos, or some punk kid trying to master karate from a book or a few nights at the Y in Newark where he lives. No, we need to be adopted if we're getting anywhere. John Piper calls adoption the heart of the gospel, and the scriptures make much of it. In Romans 8, Paul writes, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And remember, this is not just a change in legal status. This involves our ongoing sanctification. As sons of God, we have a new identity, new gifts, a new destiny, even a new name. See Revelation 2.17. All right, let's bring this back around to Cobra Kai. Goodbye, Sid. I'd say get your life in order, but at this point, you're like the meat in your fridge. Sid Weinberg, Cobra Kai, pilot. Your old spiritual stepdad is still going to try to insert himself into your life. When that happens, take a page from Sensei Johnny Lawrence. A lot of Johnny's angst and issues can be traced back to his crappy stepfather, Sid, who continually accuses Johnny of being worthless while trying to control him. He's a real piece of work, Sid, mocking and belittling Johnny for always needing help while doing his best to keep Johnny under his thumb completely dependent. Sid bails him out of jail, he hands him money, buys him, in a sense, and then excoriates him for being bought. You and I had a stepdad like that once, too. The word devil means accuser or slanderer, and he continually offers false promises of pleasure and satisfaction, trying to keep us dependent, only to heap shame on us when we buy into his lies. He's not our real dad, but in our sinful state, we, in Adam, chose him. And we reaffirmed him as our father over and over again, as Jesus reminds us in John 8:44. And as long as he holds that title, we're never truly free. There is perhaps no more satisfying a scene in Cobra Kai than when Johnny writes the old man out of his life. He hands him the envelope of cash that marks the end of their dealings, only to hear Sid say, What do you want me to do? Leave it here on the table until you come back next week? I won't be back, Johnny says. Sid scoffs. Of course you'll be back. You need my money. To this, Johnny responds, I never needed your money. It's just the only thing you had to give. Goodbye, Sid. And then he's gone. I love that Trip Lee song, I'm Gone, about breaking up with Satan, basically, but we've got to go way beyond a basic breakup here. Even Johnny Lawrence stops short of the Cobra Kai ideal. An enemy deserves no mercy. Mercy is for the weak, and while Sid, played by the incredible Ed Asner, age 88, is likely pretty weak, our one-time stepdad is no one to fool around with. So we respond to his lies, which are usually different forms of, did God really say his offers of fleshly gratification, and his temptations violently, explosively, and we return as quickly as humanly possible to our true father. Flip the script. This is Eli. He's a man of few words. Dimitri, Cobra Kai, Season 1, Episode 2. Throughout Cobra Kai Season 1, we watch Eli Moskowitz, mostly mute nerd whose only distinguishing feature seems to be a scar, become Hawk. Hardcore Cobra Kai, when he, quote, flips the script by adopting an awesome mohawk, getting a massive full back tattoo, and devoting himself to the way of the fist. When he walks into the dojo the next day, he's no longer Lip. Now he's Hawk. And that's usually how it works. Your nickname is based on something you've done. But Jesus doesn't work that way. 
He calls Simon Peter, which means rock, when he's anything but rock solid, and only after that begins working in him to make who he is match this name. He does the same with us. We're new, so we act new. And if we are a new creation, we'll behave differently, think differently, and long for different things. We'll love what we used to hate and hate what we used to love, namely the deeds of the earthly nature. We don't earn our new name, our new identity, our new destiny, but they do determine how we will live. In the words of Hawk, a model Cobra Kai, let me let you in on a little secret. It's not just the haircut or the back tattoo. It's a way of life, man. Season 1, Episode 9. More than a status symbol. Boy, uh, black belt. Nariyoshi Miyagi, the karate kid. Tell me, why is it so cute that Miyagi stole some poor ref's hard-earned black belt and tied it around Daniel's undeserving waist? Reality check, boy, not black belt. He's just wearing one around his doughy waist. And trust me, martial artists take this stuff pretty seriously. Just YouTube fake black belt exposed for many examples of this. I mean, anyone can purchase a legit-looking black belt online for about 35 bucks, or, again, steal one from an innocent party, but if it's a legitimate black belt, it's going to have real power behind it. Don't be the kind of Christian who walks around wearing his black belt, or ironic Calvinist t-shirt, or WWJD bracelet if you're stuck in the 90s, believing you can have this status without ever entering the fray against sin. This is what Dimitri does early in season two, at the beach, trying to impress girls with that Cobra Kai beach towel, implying that he's part of the squad, or actually straight up telling them that he trains with Cobra Kai. He's not, and he doesn't. And what did I tell you about being a Dimitri? Don't do it. He is absolutely the modern high school version of 1984 Daniel LaRusso. A walking mouth who can't leave well enough alone, who's scared to stand up to anyone in any real way, but then keeps on poking the bear, poking away. Don't be this guy. This is what Jesus called a hypocrite. And I say what Jesus called a hypocrite because he actually coined that term. He took a word that meant a play actor and he gave it a new meaning. Hypocrisy is something he simply will not abide. And yet, this is fairly common for self-proclaimed Christians to insist they're justified without ever tending to their sanctification. Some even going as far as to say, oh, back then Jesus was my savior, but not yet my Lord. Guy, that's impossible. In Galatians 5.24, St. Paul tells us in no uncertain terms, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The enemy loves it when we try to claim Jesus as our Savior, but not our Lord. If he can't fool us with the who you are equals what you do con, he'll push us toward a name-only idea of adoption, so that we'll be content with the removal of guilt without the actual removal of sin from our lives. If you belong to Christ Jesus, your black belt wasn't purchased on eBay or yoinked from a stranger. It was bestowed upon you along with the power to strike first at every appearance of sin and strike hard. Another great example of this from Cobra Kai is Chubbs in season two. He tried just the external change, reinventing himself and flipping the script Hawk style, as he said, but he didn't count the cost. Hawk's desires, attitude, mindset had all changed. He's no longer into nerd stuff. He's not chummy with his old friends. Chubbs was just dealing with the outside of the bowl, not the inside, at first. But then at Coyote Creek, 
he truly became Stingray. A true metamorphosis happened when he hid silently in the belly of the earth while everyone else forgot about him and then burst forth and defeated the last standing Cobra Kai. You see, Stingray and Hawk are not just posing. They've actually become something else, something new. And in a far more real way, in that you're not a fictional character on a cheesy TV show, you have also become something new. So act like it. Find your quiver. Johnny Lawrence. I've got a couple of hot pockets. I'm good. Carmen Diaz. That sounds like the opposite of good. Cobra Kai, Season 1, Episode 8. One of the most common tropes involving bullied youths in movies is that they're all alone, making them an easy target. Everybody gets this. Rex, of Rex Kwon Do, insists that his students use the buddy system. Even Dimitri, useless whelp that he is, affirms in Season 1, Episode 10, the, quote, safety in numbers aspect of joining a gang. Cobra Kai is a lifestyle. It's a group, a community. You need someone like Tommy to shout, it must be take a worm for a walk week, when you fail to think of the perfect cutting insult in the moment. Or someone to bark, no mercy, by way of encouragement, like Aisha Robinson, when you've engaged the enemy. TV and movies have brainwashed us into thinking that the toughest guys are lone wolves. They don't need anyone to watch their backs, and certainly don't want to talk about their struggles with a brother in arms. This is stupid. Paul had Barnabas, then Silas. Peter and John stuck together. In the book of Acts, the disciples are listed in pairs for a reason. Jesus didn't send his disciples out solo, but two by two. Heck, even John McClane had Powell, and then Samuel Jackson, and then that kid from the Apple commercials, and then I think a guy playing his son in the last movie? I don't know. I've tried to forget it. Anyway, what, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. And perhaps one of the main reasons so many Christians today have dropped the ball in their sanctification is that they don't have a quiver, which is what a group of cobras is called. I'm talking about a group of fellow fighters. Cobra Kai goes way in the other direction. I mean, going back to the early 80s, they dress alike, ride matching Honda Transalps, and can be found together as a group more often than not. 30 years later, they still have each other's backs in season two. Bobby's gone from Nancy Bullcut guy to hardcore bald pastor, like if James McDonald was his own hitman. And when a bar fight starts, the Cobra Kai have each other's backs. Till the end. And what's the end? Death. Tommy's death in that same episode. By the way, this is all happening while stupid little fights are breaking out at Miyagi's old house over the stupidest things. Like math, if I remember correctly. Or physics? Anyway, the point is, don't go all loner, walking through life inside a shower curtain disguise like you-know-who. Find your quiver, brothers who will challenge you, support you, and if needed, jump into the fray with you. Quick excursus here. I realize that a casual watching of The Karate Kid might lead one to think of Daniel and Mr. Miyagi as being the real family unit, while the Cobra Kai are just surface-level bros. But look deeper. Miyagi rejects any hugs or other forms of physical affection from Daniel, instead insisting on a formal and sterile bow. Meanwhile, Johnny joyfully hugs Miguel at least twice and writes a heartfelt letter to his estranged son confessing his sins. That's season one, episode eight, if you're keeping track. In lieu of real closeness, Miyagi tries to buy Daniel's love with fancy cars and tuition money and the like. Johnny, on the other hand, rejects this idea when he chews out Sid for trying to buy him off. 
What he really wanted was not money, but an actual relationship. And don't even get me started on the closer-than-a-brother friendship between John Kreese and Terry Silver. We'll get there. First learn stand, then learn... I mean, actually, that's terrible grammar. Um, let me put it this way. Let's start with the basics and then build from there. It's all canonical. It's too late, Johnny. There are no do-overs. Shannon Keen. Cobra Kai, Season 1, Episode 4. Speaking of Terry Silver, this saying is trustworthy and true. The Karate Kid Part 3 is one of the worst movies ever made. It sucks with epic suckitude, on par with Manos, Hands of Fate, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and The Family Stone. Because of this, I kind of expected the Cobra Kai series to retcon it out of existence. Much like how Jurassic World seemed to ignore the second and third films in the original trilogy and position itself as a direct sequel to the first. But it didn't. Cobra Kai referenced Mike Barnes and Terry Silver, even Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. And in season two, we get an actual flashback to that awful movie. They acknowledge these things happen, albeit with a touch of shame, but they don't let them set the tone. Why'd they keep it in at all, though? Because your past is what it is. Own it. You've made bigger mistakes than even that turd of a movie, and so have I. What's more, we've willfully defied our Lord. By acknowledging and remembering, not dwelling on, but remembering our sins, we do two things. One, we remind ourselves how much greater our God's grace is. And two, we stoke the fires of hatred for sin all the more, remembering what it's done to us in the past. Johnny's ex is right. There are no do-overs. Besides, do-overs don't work well anyway. Did you guys see that Karate Kid reboot with Will Smith's kid? It didn't even have any Cobra Kai in it. Do-overs aren't the answer. Jesus did not come to give us a mulligan. He came to destroy the works of the devil, as it says in 1 John 3.8. Your failures, your compromises, your trusting in the flesh. Jesus died for these things, and he'll bear the scars forever. Never forget the price paid, and that the reason for it was our sin. Romans 6, 3-6 sums up who we are and who we aren't anymore. The old man is dead. A new you is alive and will never perish. St. Paul concludes, For now we live, if we are standing fast in the Lord. Did you hear that? Now we live. Don't just wait for the age to come. Now we live. Like Johnny commanding a drowning Miguel in Season 1, Episode 3, Cobra Kai never dies. Say it. Say it like your life depends on it. Yes, your past is canon. It happened. But you must put it behind you. And that means breaking with anyone or anything that pulls you back. That crappy spiritual stepdad who wants to ruin your life, buy you off, and shame you for it? What are you looking at? Finish him! The old appetite or secret indulgence? I don't want it beat. Out of commission. This is sanctification via the way of the fist. If you want to go the other way, have fun painting fences, sanding floors, and getting launched over the side of a hill on that stupid little bike. Also, that is obviously a child's bike. It is time to put childish things away when it comes to sanctification. It is time to man up. And that is our orientation. Next time, we'll get into the meat of Cobra Kai, starting with the first three principles that drive the way of the fist. And they're not what you think they are. All right, hit the showers and hit subscribe, and we will see you next time. Some on my mind, you got a moment? Soap back swag, I just got a bonus. I've been in these chains and I'm tired of it. 
know you with his ties, Robin. Screeching that that road, gotta get away. I've been plotting my escape, I think it's a day. Cause I've been in bondage to it, this on the last. Try to free myself, but wasn't qualified. Get him high, get him high, get him, get him high. No vacation in my body, no, I ain't feeling last. They say I'm salty, yeah, they get criticized. But I'm praying for slaying, can't wait for his demise. Before you groan and tell people I'm gone. I'm talking about the loser, loser, but you know he wrong. I know you ain't going to break up on the phone. Is it wrong if I break up in the song? I hear what you say. Unless otherwise indicated, scripture quotations are from the ESV Bible, Holy Bible English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway, the publishing ministry of Good News Publishers, used by permission, all rights reserved. The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid Part 2, and The Karate Kid Part 3 are all copyright Columbia Pictures Corporation. Cobra Kai, The Karate Kid Saga Continues, is copyright 2018, Overbrook Entertainment, and Sony Pictures. Columbia Pictures, Overbrook Entertainment, and Sony Pictures have not endorsed this production in any way. References to characters and short quotations from these materials are used for critical and or satirical purposes. Cut.